Warning, the following message may be offensive to some audiences. These audiences may include, but are not limited to, professing Christians who never read their Bible, sissies, sodomites, men with man buns, those who approve of men with man buns, man bun enablers, white knights for men with man buns, homemakers who have finished Netflix but don't know how to meal plan, and people who refer to their pets as fur babies. Viewer discretion is advised. People are tired of hearing nothing but doom and despair on the radio. The message of Christianity is that salvation is found in Christ alone, and any who reject Christ therefore forfeit any hope of salvation, any hope of heaven. The issue is that humanity is in sin and the wrath of Almighty God is hanging over our heads. They will hear his words, they will not act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment, when the fires of wrath come, they will be consumed and they will perish. God wrapped himself in flesh, condescended, and became a man, died on the cross for sin, was resurrected on the third day, has ascended to the right hand of the Father, where he sits now to make intercession for us. Jesus is saying there is a group of people who will hear his words, they will act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment come in that final day, their house will stand. All right, Tim. So the question for today is, are Reformed people too hard on topical preaching? In some sense, I think the answer is yes. And then in, you know, in other senses, I think the answer is probably uh, no. So <laughs> Okay, so probably the vaguest answer possible. Yeah. I mean, I want to say yes, I want to say no, okay? <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> all right, so no, we'll start with a no. I mean, I, I think in a lot of ways, um, most of the topical preaching that most people are going to do is, is just bad. It's just, it's worse than bad. It's like the kind of stuff that you wouldn't want your, your dog to listen to, kind of bad. So, <laughs> like, and that's just true. I mean, most of the time when you have, a, you know, particularly when you have pastors who most of what they do is topical preaching, what what's going to happen is that most they have some kind of um, topic in their mind. Uh, in, in best case scenario, they have a topic that they came to independently that they want to talk about. Worst case scenario is some kind of charismatic experience has led to some sort of sermon. And then, you know, once they have their message, then they go to the text and they basically find their, um, their, uh, passage that already confirms what they believe. So it's like an eisegetical mm-hmm. exercise at that point. And, and a lot of times, you know, if it's just on a practical topic, it's going to be mostly just them, you know, trying to pigeonhole the Bible into some kind of psych- psychological or sociological observation at that point. So, so it, like reform people being hard on topical preaching, if what they, if the only experience they have with topical preaching is that kind of thing, I totally get it, right? And and that's most of what's happening, and particularly in your big churches, is you have a bunch of topical stuff, and it's just bad. So, yeah, yes, and amen. Yeah. Most of it, most of it's bad. Now, yeah, you but, know, you know, I rem- I remember I saw someone point out or ask this question um, online. I think this week actually, uh, someone was someone maybe you saw this too, but someone asked, you know, are there any? Do you know of any false teachers that preach exegetically? And I, I couldn't think of a single there. Maybe there's someone out there, but I couldn't think of a single person. Everyone I've ever heard is like the, you know, I'm going to pull from, from, you know, three to five different random verses and, 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 you know, um, do the most, the most sort of like uh theological, like backflips I can to try and make them 
mean exactly what I want them to mean. Right? Yeah. So, and that's where that's the value of exposition at that point is it forces a preacher to deal with what's actually in the text. And it can be a very helpful and corrective thing if it's done well to actually walk through the te- text and, you know, a lot of the bad like theologies that are out there are the kind of theologies that could be corrected by a preacher committing himself to careful verse by verse exposition week in and week out. And so I'm I'm in favor of it. And most of what, you know, the teaching I've done has always been exposition and I I, I like it and I lean that direction. But then at the same time I think that there is a very important place for topical preaching to be found also. And I think um, reformed people they maybe they're too hard on the concept of topical preaching in general because it's so abused. So I, I do have a corrective I wish could happen in most churches as it relates to this. I, I would say, yes, I think they're it, it, on the one hand, <laughs> it's impossible to be too hard on what's actually ha- being done under the name of topical preaching. Right. Like it's impossible to be too hard on that. But then like the idea itself, is not a bad idea when done well. And I would Careful, say that Tim, you might alienate our base audience. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> well, we'll get them at one point or another, right? I mean, they can't listen to us for long. Uh, they have to have thick enough skin to, you know, get it one way or the other. But uh, no, I, I think, um, you know, what topical preaching is designed to do is it's designed to answer the question, what does the whole Bible say on a particular topic? And if you, you know, if you're the kind of individual who has a very thorough um, comprehensive, not exhaustive knowledge of the scripture, but a comprehensive knowledge of the scripture, uh, you, you could do topical very well. And doing topical very well is very helpful. Like it's a very helpful thing that I wish more preachers do. But then it is very hard. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna answer the question, what does the whole Bible say about marriage? What does the whole Bible say about sex? You know, what does the whole Bible say about um, parenting? What does the whole Bible say about voting? You know, like churches, like they need to answer these questions that people have that are very practical in orientation. And, you know, the problem is that like it does, it just takes a lot more work. You know, exegetical preaching is easy. Like it really is. Like it's, it's, uh, you know, it's a lot easier than doing topical well. I mean, it's easy to do topical poorly, right? Exposition Mm -hmm. is a lot harder than doing it poorly, but doing it well means that you're going to have to like read the whole book multiple times, cover to cover and requires you to have a, a pretty, uh, like, not an exhaustive understanding of the Scripture, but a pretty comprehensive understanding of the Scripture to be able to answer those questions. And, and you know, I, I think that, that it does have a very important place in the life of the pulpit to where, you know, I, I mean, <laughs> you think about, you know, as you go through, um, like, I don't want to wait 10 years to talk about marriage right, from yeah. the pulpit, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I finally get to Ephesians five or you know mm-hmm. Colossians or whatever, I, I don't want to wait ten years to do that. I think that it may uh, like there's a lot of people that come and go in between ten years, and it might be well, that just, you want to just teach uh, through the Book of Song of Solomon, man, yeah. verse right. by verse. <laughs> yeah, verse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, most yeah, and most you know the thing is, most people who are doing exposition, they're only doing it in the New Testament, anyways, right? Right. Yeah. And so there's that too, but I mean, I do think like having like periodically like taking a break from the normal exposition uh, that you do as your study diet that keeps you honest and just addressing certain topics like what does the Bible say about voting? I mean, I wish that there are churches that went there with it. Like, what does the Bible say about voting? Let's do a, 
you know, short topical series on this and try to cover the main points here. You don't have to cover everything, but let's cover the main points and inform people. And I think that, that could be a very helpful thing. Now, you know, I think a lot of churches, they have arbitrarily decided they're going to do that in small groups and they're not going to do that in the Sunday morning service. And I would just think, why not? You know, why not have a, you know, a month series on voting, you know, mm-hmm. the, and particularly if you're recording it, you can have it there for posterity and refer people back to it. I think that could be a good thing. Um, that could be an edifying thing, a helpful thing. The same thing for marriage, same thing for parenting, you know? Um, like there's, um, I mean, I don't think you have to wait 20 years to talk about it one time. And part of the, part of the problem with doing it from an exposition, exposition sense is that, you know, you get to that passage in Ephesians, children obey your parents and the Lord for this is right, right? Fathers do not provoke your uh, children to wrath, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. It's like, that's not everything the Bible has to say about parenting. And right, maybe at yeah. some point during your, and like, you have two options at that point. You get to that passage and then you're going to do a topical message in disguise, right? <laughs> to mm-hmm. where you're going to broaden it out. And I would just say, no, I mean, just, just do a series on parenting, you know, talk about, um, like talk about the major features of parenting in the Bible. And it might be something that you, you add, you know, that can, um, scratch certain itches and answer certain questions that your church is going to have. Uh, and, you know, th- there are some, you know, regular, normal, main things that you you should address as a pastor. And I, I, I wish we could just, you know, I think the broader point is I wish we could just do it well, you know, put it in there in between the regular as- exposition, uh, show all the charlatans and the frauds how to do it, how to really do it, you know? <laughs> and so, but I think we can do it better than them. I don't think we have to surrender that territory. I think we should do it better than them. And yeah, keep on doing the exposition. That keeps you honest. That keeps you focused. But then, you know, also, um, you know, do the topical stuff too. Um, and that's what, you know, systematic theology essentially is, is just doing something very similar to that. It's organizing right. Bible by means of topics. And I think that, it, I think it would be a nice part of what we're doing if we could, you know, make, make a, make a bigger effort to include that in what we're doing. Is there anything, is there anything beneficial from saying like, I, I know sort of your um, solution to it is say, Hey, do probably mostly exegetical preaching and then periodically insert periods of time, you know, s- several weeks at a time where you, you have some to- like a topical sort of series that you're going through. Is there any benefit from doing some sort of like, you know, probably 95% of the time on a Sunday, I'm going to, I'm going to preach, um, exegetically, but then I'm trying to purposefully supplement like on Wednesday nights or something, a lot more topical type things that don't necessarily have much to do with what's taught on Sunday, but are trying to more teach like the whole counsel of the Bible. Yeah. I mean, I think if you, uh, I would say that if, if you're, if you're devoted predominantly in the Sunday morning to do exposition, then you really do need to make sure that you're doing topical in the midweek kind of stuff or Sunday Mm -hmm. night kind of stuff as a necessity. Do you Um, think that that's like a good way to do it? Or that's just like a, if you are doing it that way and that's really what you want to do. Well, (laughs) I don't know. There's no rules to this, you know? And I think, I think some of the, I think the reform crowd has, arbitrarily decided that exposition is the only way to do it. And I would just say that, well, um, I think you want to teach the whole counsel of God and, you know, that's, that's one faithful way to do it. And I think, Mm -hmm. 
I do think you need to get around to, you know, actually being helpful. So sometimes like, like, um, you know, you can do exposition poorly too, you know, just like you can do, just like you can do topical really poorly. You can do exposition really poorly. And I, I think exposition is a safeguard, but then sometimes like it, you can provoke a lot of questions in the normal exposition that you're not going to answer if you're going to be faithful to the intent of the passage. And I think you need to have some way of answering those kind of questions. Okay. So like, you know, you open up, you know, you open up a can of worms with the submission stuff and the role stuff. And, you know, there's a lot more to marriage than that. And if that's the only time you ever really talk about marriage, you know, that then you need to, I'm not saying that like, there's a lot of passages that talk about marriage you know, here and there, but it might be nice just to get a whole picture of what it looks like in one, you know, sitting to get your mm-hmm. mind around the whole instead of just like gazing at a part here and a part there and a part there, you know? Right. Yeah. And so like put it all together and help us see it, the whole thing, you know, and I think there has to be some place for that. So, yeah, I mean, if you, if you say, Hey, Sunday's always going to be exposition, you know, Wednesdays we'll do the topical stuff. That's fine. Whatever. I mean, I, but I, I just think it, I, you know, my, Opinion, my opinion, you know, non-sanctified opinion is that it, you know, it might be nice when like to, when most of your people are there, right? Most of the people are there on Sunday morning to put a little topical in there. And I wouldn't say 95% of the time, because that means you do one topical sermon every two years, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But I I would say, I mean, I would say make most, I I would advise most, make most of it um, exposition, you know, but. You know, you do have to, I would say it would be helpful, I think, to. What I'm getting out of this is we need to do a series on Song of Solomon to counterbalance the (laughs) the submission (laughs) stuff. (laughs) Um. Well, I think, I think, I think, uh, I think, yeah, just related to the topic topic of preaching in general, I think we we could do a better job of getting a lot more (laughs) Old Testament in there too, right? Not be functionally Marcionites in in uh, how we're we're preaching, you know. Get to, get some of the Old Testament stuff in there. It's written for instruction, <laughs> right? Too. So yeah, but I'm um, taking this as a personal sign from God that we need to do the. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. Um. Okay. No. I think I think that makes sense. Yeah. Um. You know, probably probably do probably mostly exegetical preaching, but then there, we probably do need to do a better job with having some topical things because there is a benefit in terms of trying to teach more of the whole counsel of God and we get to we get to stick it to all the false teachers by teaching topically the right way that's right that's right (laughs) all right fair enough fair enough this has been another episode of Bible Bashed we hope you have been encouraged and blessed through our discussion we thank you for all your support and ask you to continue to like and subscribe to Bible Bashed and share our podcast with your friends and on social media. Please reach out to us with your questions, pushback, and potential topics for us to discuss in future episodes at BibleBashedPodcast at gmail.com and consider supporting us through Patreon. If you would like to be Bible Bashed personally, then please know that we also offer free biblical counseling, which you can take advantage of by emailing us. Now, go boldly and obey the truth in the midst of a biblically illiterate world who will be perpetually offended by your every move. Thank you.